thank you for joining us on Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter and the people and organizations that are making a difference. With the midterm primary elections just a month away, we are continuing our series focusing on the many aspects of elections. We've talked about registering to vote. Of course, tomorrow is the deadline for that. Today, we're going to move on to the next step in the process, voting by mail and early voting, and also bust some of the false claims that have been made about election security. Now, because some of the dates and procedures are a little different county to county, in the coming weeks, we'll be speaking with the Supervisor of Elections in Miami-Dade County. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome the Supervisor of Elections in Broward County, Joe Scott. Welcome to Community Focus. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for having me on. I am thrilled because I know that you are the man who knows all. (laughs) Last week, I spoke with the director of Broward County Libraries, Allison Grubbs, and she gave us some insight into the collaboration and extensive collaboration between the library system and the supervisor of elections office in so many aspects of the voting process, since libraries are a voter registration location, and especially with 14 libraries as early voting locations. Now, can you tell us about that partnership from your side of things, how you work with libraries to be sure that everything is in place, poll workers are trained, equipment is on site and functioning, ballots are picked up and everything is done properly and transparently? Sure. So our partnership with the libraries is absolutely critical. And, you know, we do have a very close relationship with all the folks there at the different locations that we go to. We mainly try to focus on having a geographical diversity to make sure that we're in all different parts of the county. So in some cases, we do use libraries, but we also use other locations as well for our early voting sites, as well as our branch offices. But as far as the partnership goes, you know, it's really just about like respecting, you know, what they need from us, as well as them having a sense of understanding how important elections are and wanting to be a part of that and helping us to make sure that we are successful as well. So I think there's this this mutual respect that we make it all work. So there's not just the early voting part of it, but there's also the branch office piece, which is the ongoing throughout the year with four different libraries that we basically partner with to have the branch offices as well. Which libraries are those so people know where they can get things done? So the four libraries that are also branch offices will be the Northwest Regional Library in Coral Springs, the Tamarack Library, the Southwest Regional Library in Pembroke Pines, and the Miramar Library. Okay. And what can people get done there that they can't do at the other libraries? So those libraries, for one, is that it's not just during early voting time, but we at least one day a week, and usually and then we, we scale up and have it open more often as we get closer to elections, but you want to check our website to get the exact hours. When you go to those places, you can actually get different services as far as being able to register to vote. If you need to update your address or sometimes people need to change their name, request a vote by mail ballot, lots of different services are available at the branch offices. And for the most part, a lot of that stuff you can actually do at any library. But the branch offices are places where we have specially trained folks that are there to help with some of those things because we maybe have a little bit more traffic at those locations than we do at some of the other libraries. What's your expectation for tomorrow, final day to register to vote? And what is the actual technical deadline for anyone who is doing it at the last minute? Yeah, so for tomorrow, if you need assistance and you need to come into the office, you need to come in before 5 o'clock p.m. If you are doing it online, you really have until midnight. 
But I'll just warn you that in the past, you get a lot of last-minute people going on there, and it actually, in the past, we've actually seen the website go down. And it's a statewide system, too. So it's a statewide system, and uh, and we have seen that happen before. So there's really no reason, if you're listening to this now, you can pull out your phone and go ahead and register to vote, register to vote Florida, and you can do that right now. Don't wait until tomorrow night at 11.59 (laughs) to try to register to vote. Exactly. You might be you and a whole lot of other people trying to do it right at that time, and it may not work too well. Okay. And to clarify, you have to have either a Florida driver's license or a Florida state ID. Otherwise, you can't register online. That is correct. And you will be prompted if you don't have a Florida driver's license or Florida state ID. You will be prompted to print out the voter registration form, sign it, and mail it to the office. And as far as that goes, it does need to be postmarked by tomorrow. It doesn't have to arrive to us. So the difference between this and a vote-by-mail ballot, the vote-by-mail ballot has to arrive in our office on election night. But for the registration deadline, we can accept postmarked voter registration applications. If it was postmarked tomorrow, by tomorrow, July 25th, we will be able to accept it. Okay, so we can anticipate extra traffic both online, at the post offices, at the libraries, at the DMV, another place to register. And just know, do it as early as you can. We've been giving you a lot of warning. So now that we're at the deadline tomorrow, I want to move on to early voting, which starts on August 13th, correct? That is correct. So early voting does begin on August 13th. Then that's our in-person early voting, because, of course, you can vote by mail. Vote-by-mail ballots have already begun to go out. And starting on August 13th, you'll have plenty of locations to actually drop it off in person if you don't want to mail it back to us. Because when we start early voting on August 13th, that is also when you have a lot of locations. All the early voting sites are also places where you can drop off your vote-by-mail ballot. Okay, I believe there are 23 sites between the libraries and cultural centers. And I know everything is on your website at BrowardVotes.gov. And we have links to your website on our website. (laughs) So plenty of places to find out what location is closest to you and best for you to get to. And you've also got all of the hours there. And again, I want to specify the early voting dates are different in Broward County and Miami-Dade County. So when we're saying August 13th, we're talking specifically Broward County. And how long does that run from August 13th until when? Until August 21st. Okay. So August 21st is the Sunday before our actual election day that I like to call the last day. So, you know, you can vote in person from August 13th to August 21st in Broward County. And you have a lot of different places where you can drop off your vote-by-mail ballot. Once early voting ends on Sunday, August 21st, you are very much limited on where you can drop off your vote-by-mail ballot. It is way too late to mail it at that point. And we have our eight office locations in Broward County, which includes the four libraries that I mentioned earlier, as well as our downtown Fort Lauderdale location, the Lauderdale Mall, the EPAT Larkin Center in Pompano, and the South Campus of Broward College are all the eight office locations that you can drop off your vote-by-mail ballot on Monday and Tuesday, Monday, August 22nd, and Tuesday, August 23rd. Notice I didn't say that you can take it to your polling place because you cannot. You cannot 
drop off your vote by mail ballot at your election day polling place. That's one of the big differences between early voting and election day is that early voting, you can drop off your vote by mail ballot. Election day, you cannot. What happens to someone who has requested an early voting ballot and now they decide they're just going to vote in person on election day? Can they do that? Or once you've requested the vote by mail ballot, must that be the way you vote? That is a great question. That is another one of the wonderful things about requesting a vote-by-mail ballot is that it does not lock you in. You are not locked into voting by mail because you request a vote-by-mail ballot. You can still choose to vote in person. So if you choose to vote in person, we always recommend that people bring in their vote-by-mail ballot with them so the vote-by-mail ballot can be destroyed. You will not be able to vote twice. You have to um, either vote in person or vote by mail. And systems are set up so that it's impossible for anybody to vote twice. But if you would like to come vote in person, you absolutely can. And I would recommend that you just request a vote by mail ballot. That way you leave your options open. Okay. And this is not at all being skeptical of you. I'm thinking of others who are skeptics who are going to think, well, what if someone mails in their ballot and they still go and vote on Election Day? What happens when their ballot arrives at your office? Won't that be a way of voting twice? Yeah, well, so the system is linked so that you can only do one. So basically, let's say you drop your ballot. Let's say you go to an early voting site and you have the ballot in your hand and you walk up and you drop that ballot in the drop box and then you walk inside and vote. You're going to walk inside and you're going to vote in person. That ballot is going to arrive later on to our office. And when we scan that vote by mail ballot after it arrives in our office, we're immediately going to realize this person has already voted. That envelope will never be open. Perfect. Thank you. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Now, the process of getting the ballots from the early voting locations to the supervisor of elections office, how do you secure that? So during early voting, we have people who are responsible for transporting. And we do that, obviously, in a very secure way where we you know, take inventory of what we have and we get it into one of our vehicles. And we usually have multiple people transporting it along with security back to our office. On election day, the security is even higher, where we actually usually consolidate and we usually have law enforcement as well to escort the ballots and make sure that everything is safe and make sure nobody bothers the process. Okay. Now, when we're voting in person or early voting, when everything is going through the system with the equipment, are those votes, they still have to wait until the end of the day before they start to be counted? So there's three different ways to vote, right? You have early voting, election day are the two in-person methods of voting, and then you have vote by mail. Everything goes into what we call a tabulation system. So we have scanners that basically scan the ballot. It reads the votes, and then it tabulates all the votes. Like, that's just a fancy word for counting. Um, (laughs) But a lot of that happens sort of behind the scenes, and really the first time that you're really able to see any results will be at 7 p.m. on Election Day. Now, as far as whether or not the the ballots are scanned in ahead of time, so when you actually go to vote, when you vote in person, you actually put that ballot through the scanner that is the for the tabulation machine. When you vote by mail, we do go ahead and scan those ballots in ahead of time. Now, in some states, they do wait and don't even start processing vote-by-mail ballots until 7 p.m. on election night, but that is not how we do it in Florida. Okay. And that's part of the reason that we don't have some of the delays and problems that we saw in the last presidential election. You know, what we saw happening in Pennsylvania and some of these other states, they are restricted from counting their vote-by-mail ballots until uh, election day. And uh, we don't have that in Florida. So we go ahead and start early and we go ahead and scan them all in. 
and then we don't post any results until 7 p.m. on election night. So you'll never be able to see kind of how anybody's doing ahead of time, but the scanning has already happened. That part has already been done. So it's really just an instantaneous results at 7 p.m. on election night. And then, you know, for people who have come to any of those eight office locations to drop off a vote by mail ballot at 6.59 p.m., obviously there's a little bit of a lag where, you know, you don't have every ballot tabulated at 7 p.m. precisely. So there can still be some changes in the numbers as the evening goes on. Is that correct? Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that just to clarify is that, yes, while I say we do scan vote by mail ballots ahead of time, we don't have everything until 7 p.m., right? So you can drop off, you know, like I mentioned, you could be dropping off a vote by mail ballot in Miramar at 6.59, right, on on election night. And obviously all of those ballots then have to be transported back to our central location. We have to go through the same security protocols to make sure that that ballot is, in fact, the person who was supposed to have voted that ballot, right? So we check the signature on the ballot. We make sure the signatures match. So it goes through that whole process. It really takes hours after the 7 p.m. deadline. It takes hours for us to go ahead and finish processing all of the ballots that come in at the last minute, because we have all the ballots that come from all the drop boxes around the county, as well as ballots that come through the mail. As long as it gets to us and the Postal Service is working hard right up until 7 p.m. to get us as many ballots as they can. So we have ballots that come through the Postal Service as well as through the drop boxes. We get thousands of ballots that basically are in our possession right at 7 o'clock that are arriving into the office because our possession includes these other locations that are out, right? So we get the ballots at all these different locations. We consolidate and bring them all back to our central location where they're all opened and counted. And all of that does take a few hours after 7 p.m. It is tremendously detailed and I'm sure takes a significant number of people to coordinate everything. And kudos to you, because obviously, if you go to the website, BrowardVotes.gov, everything is in perfect order and everything is broken down so clearly so that there's no question. If you have a question, and if you do, there is a number and there are emails that you can send your questions to if you have any left by the time we're finished with this series. Right. (laughs) So moving then to voting by mail, what's the last date you can request a vote by mail ballot? August 13th by 5 p.m. So that is also the first day of early voting is also the last day to request a vote by mail. It is really way too late to be requesting a vote by mail. So you should request your vote by mail ballot right now. And what's the last (laughs) date that you would recommend someone put it in the mail to be returned to you? August 12th. And I specifically say that because starting on August 13th, there is a convenient location near your house or near your job where you can go and drop it off. I love um, that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So best bet, if you are voting by mail and you haven't dropped your vote by mail ballot in a post office box or at a post office location by August 12th, then plan on dropping it at an early voting location. I think that's the message that we really need to have out there. Um, And I think that would be the perfect way to make sure that everybody's vote is counted. Okay. And you have really gone out of your way to be sure that everyone has access so that anyone 
anywhere has a way to vote. And that is so important. We really want people to take care and use this right that they've been given. You know, it's so important for us to know that we have the right and that you are taking care of our vote in the best possible way to be sure that everything is counted properly. And I thank you for that. Is there any recommendation that you can give us if someone doesn't have transportation, doesn't have internet, but they want to vote of services that will take people to voting locations? I would say, you know, and that's why I think our partnership with the libraries is so important and why we're actually trying to strengthen and grow that partnership, because that would just be a fantastic source of information, a fantastic way for people to get connected and get the information that they need. I think that the libraries are really the best, you know, especially in Broward County. We just have a fantastic library system. And especially for folks who maybe don't have access to the Internet or don't have transportation, you do have a library that's close by and we have a great public transportation network in Broward County. They can help get you to one of your local libraries, and that's a great resource, and that's what we want to continue to strengthen that relationship and make sure that the public knows that that's a great place for them to go. Okay, and I'll also suggest maybe calling on neighbors, get a phone tree going of, you know, if you know people who need a ride, have people available who can give a ride, and, you know, maybe in some year we'll have Uber volunteering to give free rides to people to get them to vote. We're not there yet, but progress is definitely happening. So is there anything else you want our listeners to know about the voting process as far as voting by mail and early voting at this point? Alan, I think you asked all the right questions, and I think we really covered it pretty well here. So hopefully if folks still um, have any questions, you can visit BrowardVotes.gov. It'd also be great to follow us on social media at Broward Votes because that'd be another great source of just continuous updates and information to help you along the way. All right. I thank you so much for finding the time. I know this is a busy time for you, and I really appreciate you giving us this much time and sharing your knowledge and really being on top of everything with the elections. I feel very secure for all of us here in South Florida that things are being done properly and our votes are being counted. Thank you. Joe Scott, Supervisor of Elections. Again, the website, BrowardVotes.gov. Thanks. Thank you, Ella, for having me on. Absolutely. Joining us now on Community Focus, I am Always excited to welcome anyone from a library. Today, it's Leila Khalil, Chief of Communications and Community Engagement at Miami-Dade Public Library Systems. Leila, I'm so happy to talk to you because you have exciting things to tell us. Yes, thank you so much, Ellen. We're very excited to be here. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. You know, as you know, I'm a big reader. I don't know if people get tired hearing me say it, but I hope that maybe in some ways it will inspire people to pick up books or magazines, read anything, because it opens your mind to so many different new concepts and ideas. And you at Miami-Dade Public Library System have this summer reading challenge, which not only encourages people to read, but you give prizes for this. Can you tell us how the reading challenge works? Absolutely. So we are in the thick of it right now. It's our annual summer reading challenge. Basically, it runs through August 13th. It started in June. It's open to all ages. So anybody from age zero, we say, to 150 and beyond, if you're lucky enough to live that long, can participate. It's completely free. And basically, the summer reading challenge has several goals. It's designed to keep 
people reading over the summer and encouraging literacy. And it's a lot of fun. It's a fun way to do it. It also has incentives. The prizes are incentives for reading. So the more you read during the challenge, the more chances that you'll have to win a prize in our prize drawing, which takes place at the end of the challenge. So basically, for every 30 minutes you read, you earn an entry into the drawing. And so that's part of it, sort of to incentivize reading. And of course, a big, big part of this is also what's called summer learning loss, so the summer slide. So a lot of kids will lose a lot of the knowledge that they gain during the school year if they don't stay active and engaged during the summer. So reading and, you know, participating in activities is one way to remain active and engaged. So a big goal of summer reading is to encourage kids, you know, basically encourage everyone but for students to continue reading. I say, we say, if you have to have your summer reading list, you know, there's required reading for some students during the summer. You have to read anyway. Why not enter the challenge and log your reading and, you know, get rewarded for it and get a chance to win a prize for it. Uh, And look at these prizes. I mean, this is an unbelievable rundown, 100 to $200 gift cards at Target, Visa gift cards, Massage Envy, a stay at the Colony Hotel, Miami Marlins clubhouse tickets and batting practice passes. I mean, that's just so cool. Yes, we've been very fortunate to have some great sponsors every year. And the Miami Marlins, you know, they've been a great partner and sponsor throughout the years. Not only have they donated the clubhouse tickets and batting practice passes, just for signing up for the challenge, as soon as you log into the website and sign up for the challenge, you immediately are eligible to get two complimentary tickets to a Marlins game this season. And it's select games, and once you sign up, You'll get the website where you can go and take a look at all the games available and get your two complimentary tickets courtesy of the Miami Marlins. And I understand even Billy the Marlin has put together a reading list. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's actually, you know, Billy the Marlin and the Marlins, I want to encourage people to read. So he has his reading list. It's posted on on the website on, you know, mdpls.org. And if you click on the summer reading box, it'll take you there. And that list of books was put together with the Marlins and with some of our librarians here at the Miami-Dade Public Library System. But a lot of them are sports themed and have themes of sportsmanship and just good messages. But Billy the Marlin wants everyone to read as well. Love it. But you can also get credit for reading or for listening to audiobooks or reading comic books or magazines. Pretty much you've opened it up to the world. Correct. Do you have to actually check out these items from the library for them to count or just log whatever reading you're doing? Well, we hope that everyone would come to the library to get their materials, but basically anything you read. So if you're home and you're reading an instruction manual, you can log that as reading because all reading counts. So if you are an expectant mom and you are reading to your unborn child, that counts as well. If you're listening to a book, you know, audiobook, that counts. Uh, you know, we know kids love comic books and manga. All reading counts. So it doesn't matter what you're reading. We just want people to get in the habit of reading, enjoy reading, read for fun, read to learn, read to expand your horizons. So anything you read counts. And basically, it's a very simple process. You go to the website or you can visit any library location to sign up. But the website is mdpls.org slash 2022 summer reading. And you just click, you join the challenge. Once you join the challenge, that's where you're going to go back to your account that you've now created for the challenge to log your summer reading. You also have the option this year, which is new, 
before everybody would get entered into the prize drawing. It was a general, and then, we, you know, you, you couldn't choose which prize you would like to be eligible for. But this year, there's a drop-down box, and you can actually choose where you'd like your entries to go oh, as how well. Cool. That's great. Yeah. So it's basically for everyone. And, and you know, people who read, as, as you know, Ellen, you said you're a reader, I'm a reader. Um, it just opens up a whole new world to people and it helps people explore. You know, the theme of this year's summer reading challenge is oceans of possibilities. So it's basically how reading can just open up a whole new world for everyone. And it doesn't have to always be required reading from your school. Because I know for a lot of kids, it's like, I have to read this. It's read for fun, read for, for pleasure, read what you like, what you enjoy, or listen to an audiobook, or read to your kids. We do know that parents and caregivers who read in front of their kids set a really good example for their children. And then children mimic what their parents do, and their, their children are more likely to become readers if they see them reading, if they see you reading. So it's, it's a win-win for everyone, and it's just a fun way to keep people reading and learning. I tell you, one of my earliest memories is my mother reading Are You My Mother? to me. And that's still my all-time favorite children's book because I have this memory of sitting in bed with mom. I don't know. I was like maybe three, four years old and she Mm -hmm. read that and I just was so taken by it. So yeah, it really does. It stays with you for life and it's an experience that you can then remember that you shared with a parent or an older sibling or friends reading together. You know, you get a club together and you can talk about what you've read. And I love that you say anything goes. It doesn't have to be on a school list. It can be whatever interests you. And, you know, that can lead to careers and to having a really satisfying, fulfilled life. You know, it starts small, but it ends up very, very big. And as I've seen you mention, it's just 20 minutes a day makes a difference in your abilities at school and avoiding the summer slide, but you're asking for 30 minutes a day. Not a lot. You've still got two weeks, plenty of time. You know, I know I can certainly spend an entire day inside reading, especially when it's so hot outside. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, it it opens up worlds. And, you know, I'll have situations where someone says, oh, you know, what's blah, blah, blah. And I'll know the answer. Like, how do you know that? Like, I read it in a book. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's a fountain of knowledge. And it's it's interesting that you said beat the heat, like, you know, especially when it's so hot outside. So part of the summer reading challenge also, you can earn additional entries if you by attending library programs. And it can be any library program. So if for every program that you attend, you you earn an additional entry. And we have, in addition to the programs that we offer year-round, our story times and our crafts and our computer classes, just a whole variety of things. We have special summer reading-themed programs happening as well that tie into the Oceans of Possibilities theme. And we have, you know, those are happening both in person and online. So, you know, a great way to beat the heat, come to one of our programs, enjoy a program in the air-conditioned library. They're all free. Yep. Um, you know, we have a lot of animal encounter programs going on with Zoo Miami and the Pelican Harbor Seabird Station is bringing some of their ambassador animals to some of our branches. We have Arsh on the Road, which they come and they do performances at some of our library. We have something like that coming up. And just, you know, just a whole myriad of summer reading programs themed story times, you know, uh, 
themes about oceans, themes about animals, about underwater adventures and things. So that's also a great way. You visit the library, attend the program, get some air conditioning, and then maybe walk around and look at some books and check out some books to take home to continue with the summer reading challenge. Absolutely. There are how many locations of Miami-Dade County Libraries now? We have 50 locations throughout (laughs) the county. Uh, you know, from north to south, and we also have our online library at mdpls.org where you can get your ebooks and your audiobooks and uh, listen to music and download movies and videos. So if you want to do it from home or from somewhere else, you can you can certainly do that as well. But we do have 50 locations. Okay, and you can county. even you can sign up for your library card online now. So Correct. yeah, so you, you've just made everything so simple and so welcoming. And I encourage everyone, you know, participate. You never know. You may think you're getting a late start, but there may be something that you want on that prize list that not a lot of other people want. And you mm-hmm. could win it no matter what. So it's just a win-win all the way around. And I, I thank you. I know how much effort and, and time and energy goes into putting some Something like this together. And kudos to you and your staff for really putting yourselves out there for the community. We appreciate it. Thank you. I and mean, it's a really great group of people, a great team here at, at the library. You know, our librarians at our libraries are here to help you and to serve you. So, you know, we invite everyone to come by and visit, use the library, use our online library and, you know, enter the summer reading challenge. It really, it costs you nothing and the rewards are, are endless just for reading, and and maybe you'll win a prize, too. Absolutely. mdpls.org slash 2022 summer reading to get all the details about the program. Leila Khalil, Chief of Communications and Community Engagement. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful day. You too, and everyone have a great summer. We hope to talk to you soon. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus, and have a wonderful day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.